excited. Did I get turned? There we go. I'm excited to share with you guys this morning what God's been laying on my heart. But I do have a, one, a really exciting thing that I want to share with you right off the bat. Um, we at here at WCAG, we have a mission to change the world. Anyone up for that? Yeah, all right. We really do. And if you're new to WCAG, uh, I would just want to share some exciting things with you. What God has been doing in our church for uh, about the last seven years or so, uh, we have been planting churches around the world. We have been going to some of the deepest, darkest areas that do not have a lighthouse. And you know where you want a lighthouse? In the darkest places, right? That's where we want a lighthouse. And you know, God has allowed us as a church to begin to plant churches around the world. We have partnered with missionaries and local pastors in places where there are no churches or there is a congregation that is small and needs a kind of a boost to get things, keep things moving in that community and in that area. And we are helping to build uh, these churches. Last fall, we had an incredible opportunity. We had uh, uh, the great speaker, Dr. Barnabas, the general superintendent of Tanzania, and we will be partnering with him and another missionary uh, for a place in Tanzania that is 99% Muslim. And it is an area that is very dry. And what we have decided to do is we are going to drill a water well right at the front door of the church so that the people that are thirsty physically will come and drink and we will have the opportunity to share with them the living water of Jesus Christ at the same time. We have about $12,000 for this project already. It's one of the biggest projects we've ever taken on as a church. We have $12,000, which is incredible. Uh, That's actually being sent over there to begin the well process and so we're excited that that the land is already purchased it's ready to go we're getting ready to drill the well and so we're really excited and this year once a year on a special Sunday we receive one offering to plant a church somewhere around the world once a year and this year the special date is April 10th and we're going to try and raise $18,000 on April 10th to finish this project so that we can build a church in Tanzania. So I just wanted to encourage you as a congregation today, I wanted to give you a heads up that that is coming. So be praying for April 10th and pray about how God can use you to change the world uh, through our World Changer offering on April 10th. We're excited about that. A friend of mine went on a bear hunt once and... um, he was, he was really excited to go on a bear hunt. It was the first time he ever did it. And uh, the, the people uh, put him up a, a ladder in a little tree stand. And they, they baited these barrels down below. And he got his custom camouflage. And, and he had his big brand new gun that he was so excited about shooting his first bear. And he was sitting up in the bear stand. And uh, what was happening there was he was waiting with great anticipation. He was so nervous. His hands were sweating. And he was so, so excited for the moment that that big bear would come into the clearing and he would be able to get his first bear. And, and as the story goes, he was telling telling me this, that, that all of a sudden he heard something snapping and cracking behind him. And there were kind of the, the, the sound of leaves shuffling and the cracking of dry twigs. And he began to, to wonder, is this the moment for the bear to come? And all of a sudden, out of the corner of his eye, he sees something large and black looming right near underneath the tree. He's going... This is the moment, and he kind of gets ready to pull his gun up, and he's getting ready to kind of point at the the bait spot where the the bear would come in. And, And all of a sudden, he hears this growling noise, and he looks down, and he meets the eyes of the bear sitting right below him. And the bear looks up, 
And it stands up on its hind legs and grabs the ladder like this and begins to shake the ladder and going, and he's sitting on the platform just crying. I mean, he told me, Sheldon, I started making deals with God faster than the employee of the month at a used car dealership. It was like, I, I, God, I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll never miss. I'll give 11% on my tithe, whatever it is. I'll, I'll even go to Sunday school from time to time, whatever it takes. God, just save me. It was like, uh, it was like a big football player who, who put money in one of those snack things that spins and the snack gets caught and, and, the, and he's shaking for his snack to come out the bottom. This bear just opening his mouth, waiting for the, the hunter to fall off of the thing right into his mouth, like the snack thing. And uh, as my friend was telling me this story, I mean, he was absolutely petrified. He was just, he was absolutely petrified. He'd never experienced anything like this in his whole life. This was absolutely crazy. He's telling me in his pickup, and I have tears streaming down my cheeks, because I'm not in the bear stand. You know, I mean, this is absolutely hilarious for me. This is the most funny thing I've ever heard in my whole life. And, and, and I can still see the fear in his eyes when he's telling me the story. He's smiling, but he's kind of got that sheepish grin like, yeah, this is really scary. And man, why is it, guys, that sometimes, why does it seem like the scariest moments in our life, after they're done, can sometimes be the greatest moments of our life? Have you ever experienced that? I believe the same thing with God. That many times the scariest moments in our lives where we are trapped by the greatest amount of fear that when God gets the victory in those things and we look back on them, sometimes the scariest moments in our life can actually be some of the greatest moments of our life. Guys, this morning we're going to begin a series leading into Easter entitled Overcome. And for the last few weeks, I've been praying about this series and getting it all together, and, and we've had this plan for quite a while, but God began to work on my heart about talking about fear this morning. And, and specifically the aspect, I know that, that in our, our local economy, things are slowing down, and there's a lot of things that are going on that are causing people a lot of fear. Wondering about the future, what does it hold, and and how do I fit into God's plan here in Watford City? And You know, guys, I'll be honest with you. The, the whole slowdown thing wasn't really on my radar. If I wrote the book on, on the oil boom in Watford City, I would have started it where it's been. I've seen God do incredible things. Our church is where it's at and all these amazing things. I would just keep it going up and to the right. That's how I wrote the book. That's how I planned the book. And all of a sudden, when it deviates from my... How many, how many wrote the book of their life and they didn't plan some of the chapters? <laughs> some are like, I wrote the introduction, Pastor Sheldon, and the rest has been down into the right or something like that. You know, I think sometimes, guys, we, we struggle with fear. I, I struggle with fear. I start thinking about what is this going to look like? We've gone from the destination of many people in America to come and find jobs. And now the people who are established in this community now are wondering about the future and the security of their jobs. All of our lives at one time or another have been affected by fear. Many of us have been overcome by fear actually paralyzed to make the next step in our lives because fear has so entrapped us. 
psychiatric reference book categorized fear into 2,000 different fears that we have. 2,000 different fears. If we can start thinking about some of those fears. Why don't you help me? What are some fears that people have? Not you. Okay, don't, don't shout out your... That would be embarrassing, right? But what, what, what people in general, what are some fears that people have? Help me out. Spiders, somebody said right away. Snakes, public speaking, someone yelled out. <laughs> what else? Okay, there's too many people uh, that, that are saying it once. Heights, that's a great one, absolutely. Some people are afraid of, there's all kinds of examples that, that we could give. If there's 2,000 of them, we could probably list many of them in the room here. Heights, water, spiders, the dark, tight spaces, uh, you know, elevators. Some people are scared of elevators. I don't know why, but they are. It just I don't know. Uh, if, if We can pray for you after the service if you're afraid of elevators, okay? But, um, but it's also interesting to note that in the same field, the same psychiatric field, that they said that there is two thousand known fears documented fears they say that it is also proven that at birth you only have two innate fears two and that is this the two fears are the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises so even as an infant you only have two innate fears the fear of falling the feeling of falling and the fear of loud noises so that means that 1998 other fears are learned they're learned that god didn't give us those things that they're things that we've learned because of the situations that we've gone through in our life. There are people in this room, you're afraid of water. Why? Because you had an incident when you were a child that, that scared the life out of you. There are people in this room that, that you're afraid of. I had a friend of mine who was deathly afraid of snakes. I've never seen anyone so afraid of snakes. He told me, Sheldon, don't mess with me. If you are my friend, don't mess with me when it comes to snakes. I said, okay. Because one time him and his friends were in the park and some of his friends found a garter snake and they grabbed it and they, they threw it down the back of his hoodie when he was about 10 years old. After that moment, he was absolutely frozen with fear at the sight of a snake. It was a learned behavior. Fear was a learned behavior. So if fears are a learned behavior, then who teaches us fear? Well, fear is the opposite of trust. And God wants us to trust him. And the enemy of the soul, our devil, or the devil, not our devil, let's not claim him, let's leave him to somebody else, okay? The devil, he wants us to not trust God. He wants us to doubt God. He wants us to be overcome by fear. So the devil wants to fill your life to, with fear so much so that it absolutely paralyzes you so that you are unable to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. The devil wants to teach you to be overcome by fear, but God wants to teach you to overcome your fears. He wants you to no longer fear, fear the future or fear change or the fear of not being in control of your life. From Genesis to Revelation, God calls us to live with boldness, to live with confidence, to live with courage, to live with victory. And somehow there is a massive disconnect between God's word and God's worried people. 
somehow things have transformed or changed from what God wants us to live like to what we actually do live like. This morning, guys, I believe that God wants to change your fear to trust. There are people here who are overcome by fear this morning. I believe that you are going to walk out of this room different that you are going to be free from the fear that once bound you. I prayed before the service, I said that, that not a single person would walk from this room without being set free. That God would set you free from fear, from the bondage of those fears in your life. Maybe you have felt overwhelmed by fear in your past, but today I believe that God will overcome those fears by allowing you to experience who He is that he is with you, and he is more than enough to conquer the fears in your life. Fears are learned, or if fears are learned, Mark Batterson said, that faith is the process of unlearning your irrational fears. That's what faith is. So what does the Bible say about fear? I want us to take our Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 13. And while you're on the way to Hebrews chapter 13, just stop at chapter 11. I want to read a couple verses before we get... To 13. But our, our main verse for this morning is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. But I want us to stop at Hebrews chapter 11 because in Hebrews chapter 11 it's called the faith chapter, the opposite of fear. The faith chapter. And there are mighty and great heroes of the faith that are listed throughout this section. It speaks of the heroes that trusted God despite the difficult circumstances that they faced where they had opportunity to be overcome by fear, but rather they chose to put their faith in God. And this is a portion of that. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 33 through 37, it's on the screen this morning in the New Living Translation, it says this, By faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the flames of fire, they escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. The writer of Hebrews is talking about people who stood in the face of great adversity and would not allow their faith to waver despite the situation and circumstance that they were facing. Our main passage in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, I wanted to read Hebrews 11 because that's the context of the people we're talking about here. The writer of Hebrews is trying to encourage the church, saying these are the heroes that we look to, the people that wouldn't give up their faith, and we should be like them. So the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. It says this, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. 
So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? The writer of Hebrews starts out this section saying, don't love stuff. Don't always be striving after what the world has to offer. Don't be trapped in the mindset of coveting. The one theologian writes, he says, it costs something to be a Christian in the first century. These people had suffered the plundering of their goods. They were paying a price for their testimony. How easy is it for Christians to become covetousness or covetous and desire the things of this world? Be content is easy to read but difficult to practice. True contentment never comes from possession or possessing many things. It comes when we rest our lives wholly on Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrew writes here, and he's quoting God, saying, I will never fail you. These believers that were standing up against the most difficult of circumstances, their lives being persecuted, things being robbed and taken from them, thrown in prison, they needed assurance that in these tough situations that they were facing, that God was not going to bail on them, that God was up to the task, that he wasn't going to bring them so far in their life and then drop them in the ditch somewhere. God was telling them, listen, I'm not going to let you down. Put your full trust in me. Now this doesn't mean that everything is always going to go your way and life is going to be perfect. It simply means that we will never face difficulties or adversities that, that God and us can't overcome, that we can't walk through with the help of God. It simply means that in these moments, God is not going to fail us. There's one thing that God is not very good at. It's failing. It's failing. He sets out what he he is accomplishing or wanting to accomplish. He is never going to fail. The Christians that seemed like these were insurmountable odds that were mounting against them, God wanted them to know, I will never fail you. I'll never abandon you. Many of these first century Christians were abandoned by their families because of their faith. God wanted to convey to them that that he wasn't going to leave them here to die, that they were going to not have to fend for themselves, but God was going to be right there with them. God wasn't going to row out into the middle of a lake with them and dump them off and say, well, good luck, I hope you can make it to shore. God speaks with clarity through his word to his people. I will not fail you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not abandon you. I will be there for you. You do not need to live in fear. This message is for us today as well. The Bible says so that we can have confidence that God is our helper. How do you become confident in something or someone? It's when you can put your trust in it or them. Guys, do you know when my confidence in God has grown the most? It's when I have faced an opportunity where I could choose fear or I could choose faith. That's when my confidence in God grew the most. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. Some of the greatest moments of my life have been the scariest. They've been the scariest. I remember a good friend of mine, Anita, called me on the phone. 
She says, Pastor Sheldon, I have bad news. The test results came back and it's cancer. Some of the greatest moments in my life are some of the scariest. The reason why fear tried to grip my heart in that moment was just in the last years prior up to that point, I had buried two uncles and two grandparents to cancer. To hear that come from my doctor's lips was something that absolutely wanted me to be terrified. Fear began to beat at the door of my heart mercilessly in that moment. But something inside of me I believe it was the Holy Spirit began to say, Sheldon, it's going to be okay. I got this. I have a big scar on the side of my neck to remind me every day that God is faithful. At that moment when I received that call, I could have simply given in to my fear. But listen, guys, some of the greatest moments in my life, and praise God for the victory of that, but some of the greatest moments in my life were also some of the scariest moments. Some of the moments that God gained the greatest victory were were some of the scariest moments. Guys, the Bible says, the Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. This is a beautiful Greek word, and I want you to grasp the content of this word here. It is absolutely amazing. It's actually a compound word, meaning two, two separate words. The first word being bow, which means to cry for help. And theo means to run. Both theos is this word helper. It means it is the one who comes running to those who cry for help. This word describes the Lord as poised and ready to rush to the relief of his oppressed children when they shout for his assistance. When fear was beating at my door, I needed the both theos. I needed the helper. I needed to say, God, I need to give this over to you. I'm putting my faith and my trust that you have got this. You're going to take care of this. And in that moment, God ran to me. Both theos, the one that runs to us when we cry for help. Guys, God is poised and he is ready to come to your aid. He will not leave you. He will not abandon you. He will not fail you. And what is the byproduct of that kind of faith? Scripture tells us very clearly that the Lord is my helper. What is the byproduct? So I will have no fear, period. So I will have no fear. Because of who God is, I will not be overcome by fear. I will not allow fear to run my life. I will not allow the enemy to steal my future by holding me back with fear. Some of you today, you need to say, in the powerful name of Jesus, I break off fear out of my life. It is no longer my master. It is no longer my friend. It is no longer welcome in my life. I am free by the power of Jesus Christ, and I move my fear to the area of faith, and I place my trust and my faith and my hope in Jesus Christ, and I trust him. When we make those kind of declarations, guys, I believe that God is, is moving in our hearts. The scripture says that what can mere people do to me? That's the close of this passage here. The early church had many enemies. 
They had people that wanted to kill them, people that wanted to persecute them, people that wanted to put them into jail. So what did the early church do to combat against this kind of fear? I mean, who would want to grow... Who would want to hang out with people like that that are persecuted all day? Who would want to join a church like that? That's ridiculous. The early church did something when people came to Christ. When a person came to Christ in the early church, they, were, they publicly declared their faith and they performed a ceremony. They would strip off all of their clothing and they would go down into the water and they would be baptized as a signification of the death of their old life. And when they came up out of the water, they would come up out of the water and they would put on new clothes and they would live their life drastically different from that moment on. It was a public declaration of what God had done in there. But there was a confidence and a boldness in these Christians. They, they, were, they considered themselves dead to the world after that moment. They were already dead and they were alive to Christ. They were in prison, and they were brought before rulers and kings, and they boldly proclaimed Jesus Christ. They were fed to lions and coliseums, and without a hint of fear would bow, and they would kneel, and they would pray. They stood unwavering in the shadow of guillotines and fire stakes. How could they stand with such great resolve because of their amazing trust in God? The Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. No fear. So that was 2,000 years ago, Pastor Sheldon. What does that have to do with me today? So what? Guys, I believe with all my heart that there are people in this room today that you are absolutely overcome by fear. And that is not the way that God wants you to live your life. He wants you to be dead to fear and alive to Jesus Christ after this moment today. Guys, I believe that there are people in this room that fear tries to grip your heart because of the slowdown of the economy. I believe that God wants you to trust Him today. Maybe you're here this morning, you're facing some physical challenges that would cause you fear. There are emotional challenges every morning when you wake up. That fear knocks at your door. It's like an alarm clock every morning and it just knocks at the door of your heart and it says, Hey, I'm here again, let's hang out. I think there are people in this room that you can't remember a day that fear has been your constant companion for as long as you can remember. I believe, guys, that God can begin to set people free today. God doesn't want you to be overcome by fear any longer. He speaks to you this morning through his word. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. God wants you to say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. Can I have the worship team come forward? This morning, guys, to close our service, I want us to make a declaration of what God is going to do in our hearts today. Guys, I know that there's not a single person in this room that you haven't struggled with even just a portion of fear in your life. Fear sneaks up on even the strongest of us 
if fear sneaks up on us and wants to hold us fast. But today we're going to call out to God. We're going to, de- we're going to declare with our mouths today that we are no longer slaves to fear, but instead that we are children of God. This morning, this is how I want us to close our service today, and I'll close in prayer in just a few minutes. But I would ask that if you would take the first step in order to break the fear in your life. If you're dealing with fear right now, you're struggling with fear in your life today, I believe there are many people in this room. This is what I would like us to do today. I would like us, on the count of three, I'm going to have everyone stand up. But if you're struggling with fear this morning, I would ask that you would be courageous for just a moment. Would you be courageous enough to move from your seat and begin to come and fill these altar areas? That you're saying, you know what? I am done with fear. I'm going to hand my fear over to God today. I'm going to leave it in His hands. And I'm going to walk out of here victorious, overcoming the fear that has plagued my life for many years. If that's you this morning, on the count of three, we're going to have everyone stand up. And if you want to move from your seats today, let's do that today. You know what, guys? Sometimes the difference between staying where we're at and, and moving into God's best is simply 30 seconds of absolute insane courage. Here's your 30 seconds. One, two, three. Everyone in the room, stand up. If you're stuck, struggling with fear, move from your seat right here. Move from your seat. Begin to fill right in. I believe there'll be a lot of people. Keep coming. Keep coming. Stand up, just or whatever you'd like to do, Howard. Keep coming. Keep coming. I believe that God is going to do something incredible this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Could we worship Him as a congregation this morning? Our worship team is going to lead us today. So let's just close our eyes right now. Father, right now we just turn our hearts over to you. God, there are many people in this room that that we are struggling with fear. And this morning, God, we pray that you would begin to set people free by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Yeah. 
voices in just a moment. We're going to have the, the worship team sing, oh, oh, there's that part. And as we're singing that, I want you to begin to release those fears to God this morning. I want you to begin to hand those things over to Him. As we begin to lift our voices, just begin to express to God, God, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of living under this fear. I'm tired of living under this these things that hold me fast. I, I'm giving these things over to You. God, I'm just releasing these things into Your hands right now. Can we begin to sing that this morning? As we worship Him, those of you that are dealing with fear, just hand them over to Jesus this morning. Standing, we stand, Lord Jesus, in, in your trust and in faith in you, Lord God, that we are your children. The Lord Jesus, that, that God, we hand over these things. Could we just worship one more time, Pastor Chad, just and, and just declare that? Could we lift our voices this morning, church, and just declare that a few more times? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Making your declaration this morning. I'm no longer safe to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer safe to fear. I am a child.
Father, we just come before you right now. Guys, I just want to intercede on behalf of our entire region this morning. Would you pray with me today? God, we know that this region was founded from the beginning of time to be a place, a special place, God, for your presence to move, for lives to be changed and transformed forever. So God, today we declare once again, fear be gone from our region in Jesus' name. You will not be victorious over this region, that the faith of God would reign in this area us, that God, you want to move in a powerful way in people's lives. So God, whatever it takes, Lord, God, if it takes things to be slow, if things are going like a crazy boom, Father, whatever it is, God, or anything in between, God, we declare that we will trust in you and fear will not reign in this region, but God will reign in this region. The Holy Spirit will reign in this region. People's lives will be touched and transformed for eternity because this is a special place, God, that you have placed on this earth to transform people's lives. So, God, we declare that in the powerful name of Jesus today. And everyone who agrees said amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you guys. Why don't you shake someone's hand as you're living? Say, hey, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. Lord bless you guys.